Greetings and salutations, folks, and welcome to the 30th edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming from my office in Bourbonnet, Illinois. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you took the time to listen to my podcast today. This episode is entitled, No Longer United, It's the Banana Republic of America. Today, I'm going to talk about our Second Amendment, workers at McDonald's, Biden, of course, Hurricane Hillary, Little Rocket Man, and some other material before finishing up with my latest opinion piece. Hey, this episode comes to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. You can depend on George Ryan's insurance company for nearly all your insurance needs, including in 14 different states. Whether homeowners, commercial, or auto, call the great folks at Ryan's Insurance at 815-936-0075 for a quote today. That is 815-936-0075. Or you can look them up at their website at www.grinsure.com. First, I'd like to ask again for listeners to email me with the one album you would want if you're stranded on a desert island. I only heard from one person, so please contact me with yours so we can see what kind of interest we have listening to this podcast. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon is tied with Beethoven's Six Pastoral, one-to-one. The email is aweber1957 at yahoo.com. Remember, there's two Bs in Weber. So let's start with some good news. Our system worked as it should before liberals took over. Seems Craig Anderson from Houston, Texas, was in a bad mood on August the 14th when he went to Woody's Smokehouse in Centerville, Texas. He proceeded to harass several customers. Then the dumbass went to the bathroom and started assaulting an elderly male. Since I'm sort of considered an elderly male, I really like where this story went from there. Enter a licensed gunman who witnessed the assault and tried to stop it. Anderson, the dumbass, knocked the gunman to the floor. Wrong move, moron. Unnamed gunman took out his gun and fired at dumbass twice. Dumbass was later found alongside the road with a large bobo to his right arm and was transported to the hospital. The only problem with this story is that they wasted money to transport Dumbass by helicopter to a hospital. I would have had him walk ahead of my squad car to be run over if he slowed down too much or fell. In another Texas incident, five days later, 47-year-old Brian Schmidt was trespassing and snooping on someone else's property. Poor Brian had the great misfortune to run headlong into the property owner's gun. Schmidt was held at gunpoint until the sheriff arrived and properly arrested the would-be thief. Theft, stupidity, bullying, lying, and rudeness should hurt, folks. Speaking of rudeness and stupidity, we went to our grandson's football game Sunday to watch them play the Patriots from Manhattan. Having been an assistant coach of junior football for seven years when our son played, I am really getting into watching my grandson. I have both my son's and grandson's first-year junior football helmets, autographed, of course, sitting proudly here in my office. Our Bradley Lions won, by the way, and we were undefeated after three games. But that's not the stupid part. Afterwards, we went to McDonald's nearby for drinks. Okay, we went some french fries, too. We're weak. The fast food joint has two drive-up windows, so naturally it pulled up in the lane that had a very young driver who was either texting or afraid to merge into one lane, adding another 10 minutes to our wait. Upon our turn to order, I had to repeat what we had selected five times. 
He also managed to screw up the order on his computer and had no idea how to fix it. This caused another delay while he went to get someone to reboot the computer. Then, when I got to the first window to pay, the young lady behind the window looked at us, then shut the pay window without the decency to say where she was going or when she would get back. We sat there a few minutes to see if she was returning, until finally we just pulled up to the now wide-open second window. I reported what happened and why I was paying at the wrong window to the two young ladies sandwiched tightly together in the drive-up window. Let me tell you, dumb looks were plentiful and free after I gave my report. Guess nobody ever told them they were incompetent before. The girl behind that window asked us three times if we wanted a drink carrier. And these people want to get $15 an hour for that type of service. You know, I really have to wonder if it's their fault, though. Somewhere, parents and teachers need to raise the children better. Well, it appears the noose is getting tighter around Joe Biden's scrawny neck. Now it comes from the Associated Press, of all places, that Biden and son Hunter used aliases and secret email addresses while Joe was vice president. So a reporter actually did his job and asked former White House press secretary Jake Tapper about the report. He defended the practice and claimed many senior administration officials had secret email addresses. He answered by saying, and I quote, Let's be clear, this is a practice consistent with prior administrations of both parties. So what if both parties did it, Jake? It was sneaky and unethical by anyone that did it, particularly since we pay their damn salaries. If doing something just because other administrations did it, then someone tells Joe that prior administrations also jumped off a cliff. Fortunately, Oversight Chair James Comer is requesting unredacted emails from Biden while Vice President to and from his crackhead son related to Burisma, China, and Ukraine. They know that Biden was using aliases such as Robinware, Robert Peters, and J.R.B. In the process, they found that even Obama used a pseudonym in email correspondence with Hillary Clinton so as to bypass the system. Want to bet before this is all over, Obama gets drug into Biden's escapades too? In other news that piss us all off about Biden, he's selling the building materials that were stacked along the border to build a wall between Mexico and the U.S. He's selling off steel through Ritchie Brothers Auctioneers, a goddamn Canadian company. He couldn't even use an American company to auction this stuff. Trump spent $15 billion on that material, but Biden has managed to get $154 million back. One has to wonder how much kickback Biden is getting from the sale of this material. Where did that $154 million that Biden collected go? Also consider the fact that when the next Republican is elected president, especially if it's Trump, they will more than likely restart the wall project and we will have to buy all those materials yet again. As Senator Tom Cotton said, leaving the border open to terrorists while selling border security materials at a loss is Biden economics in a nutshell. Did you hear about the nurse in Manchester, England, just found guilty of murdering seven newborn babies in a hospital? This ghoul named Lucy Letby is now listed as the UK's most prolific serial child killer. In addition, she tried unsuccessfully to kill six other babies. When first arrested, she denied having anything to do with the murders. Later, when police were searching her home, they found a handwritten note that said, I killed them on purpose because I'm not good enough to care for them. I am evil. I did this. 
She was sentenced to life in prison as Britain doesn't have a death penalty. Incredibly, she didn't appear at the sentencing either because she didn't have to. It just enables her to avoid the parents of the murdered babies. Britain is looking at changing that law now. Perhaps she should have been placed in a boxing ring, caged in with the fathers of those murdered babies. Seems like a better justice to me, but what do I know? I'm from Chavance. By the time you hear this podcast, Hurricane Hillary will have dumped on Southern California, Arizona, and Nevada, and then fizzled out. I looked into the history of hurricanes on the West Coast, as it is a once-in-a-lifetime event. Hillary was the first hurricane, later ruled a tropical storm, to hit Southern California in 84 years. The last one to hit the land of fruits and nuts was called El Cordonazo, and 93 people died. Downtown L.A. got 5.56 inches of rain that day, as compared to one-tenth of the entire hurricane season the year before. California has had three tropical storms since it became a state 173 years ago. Looks like Brownsville and Corpus Christi, Texas are up next to batten down the hatches. How would you have liked to have had the job to tell Vladimir Putin that the recent Russian lunar lander crashed and burned on the moon? It was Russia's first lunar mission in 47 years and failed spectacularly. Their space agency, called the Roscomos Group, stated the module moved in unpredictable orbit and ceased to exist. Their words. Have to wonder if they told Vlad that the Ukrainians shattered out of space. Science has found a new snake. Yes, we need more snakes. German herpologist Edgar Lehr found it in Peru's remote Otisi plateaus up in the Andes Mountains. The absurd part is that they named the poisonous brownish snake after Harrison Ford of Indiana Jones fame. Yep, Tachymanoids Harrison Fordy. I kid you not. If they're going to start naming snakes and reptiles after people, then I suggest they start with politicians. Tachmanoides Pelosi has a nice ring to it. This is a shout-out to all you snowbirds living in the Tampa area of Florida. So far in 2023, five people have been eaten alive by the flesh-eating bacteria found on the beaches. 21 other people have had the infection. Yet another reason I prefer Arizona. Then on the other corner of the country, three people have died in Washington State after being infected with listeria bacteria from milkshakes bought at a burger joint in Tacoma, Washington. Stop the presses. A CNN host was recently heard admitting that Trump was right. No joke. Washington correspondent Jake Tapper appeared on a CNN program called The Lead, which nobody watches, and stated Trump was right when he accused Biden during the presidential campaign that Hunter Biden was accepting bribes from China and Ukraine. He also said Biden was wrong for denying the truth about Hunter. Hey, Jake, perhaps if you didn't have your head so far of your you-know-what, you might have reported more honestly during the presidential race, and we wouldn't be in the predicament we're all in now. Little Rocket Man, otherwise known as Kim Jong-un, the dictator of North Korea, has retitled himself. The North Korean media is now referring to the little bastard as Great President, a term reserved for his grandfather, Kim Il-sung. The 41-year-old chubby fearless leader must be so full of himself by now. I got a name for him, but this is a PG-13 podcast. 
I didn't know this, but he is actually married and has three kids. So Billy Bush wants to buy back his family's old company from InBev, whom they sold the Anheuser-Busch company to in 2008. Awful white of you, Billy, now that they have hemorrhaged money since the Mulvaney fiasco, and you're sitting on the billions they paid for it. Budweiser beer was first made by Adolphus Bush in 1876. They stayed afloat during Prohibition by selling ice cream. Between 1989 and 2008, they had sold off about 25% of the company, and then a group of investors from both Belgium and Brazil took over the company for $52 billion. This sort of explains why Billy is being all magnanimous now. He sees a bargain price to regain leadership of his company. Well, I hope he does buy it back and fires the entire marketing department and a few top notches of the brass. Then they bring back the famous Clydesdales. One can never get enough Clydesdales. On TV the other day, Bush claimed that he has a backyard full of Clydesdales. Speaking of fiascos, Target is starting to take a hit for their asinine woke marketing too after the criticism leveled over its Pride Month merchandise targeting children. I'm on record as stating they won't survive this the way Bud Light has. To date, Target sales have fallen 5% or $25 billion. Sales in July were up some over June, but I have to think it was strictly back-to-school sales. Doubling down, CEO Brian Cornwell has stated they will continue to celebrate Pride Month and other heritage moments. Odd choice of words putting Pride Month and heritage moment in the same sentence. My prediction is Walmart and or Amazon will swallow Target in the not-too-distant future. Bloomberg News is reporting a new analysis of businesses leaving the states of California and New York has cost each state in excess of $1 trillion each. Many New York companies are moving to Florida, while California companies are moving to Texas, and they're all looking for lower taxes. These companies are taking their tax revenue with them, but not most of their employees. I was surprised the report did not mention Illinois, where both businesses and people are moving out daily. The $2 trillion combined revenue New York and California has lost is roughly equal to Russia's entire economy. Mr. Chero is going to hate this. In 1978, the English rock group Queen had a hit with the song Fat Bottom Girls. Well, the woke mob has struck again, so Queen dropped it from their new greatest hits collection that was to debut on Yodo, yet another audio platform. It's being marketed toward younger listeners, and well, you know, those kids can learn all about transgender stuff, but by God, they can't tolerate someone saying, fat bottom girls. Hey, Queen members, Freddie Mercury just rolled over in his grave. So here's a shout out. Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world go round. Most people know that Neil Armstrong was the first human to walk on the moon. He achieved that feat on July 20th, 1969, as the commander of Apollo 11, and I'm proud to say as a 12-year-old, I watched it live on television at my grandparents' house on a Sunday afternoon. But I bet none of you knew that when Armstrong got back to Earth, he had to go through U.S. customs on July the 24th. I kid you not. Got some disturbing news on my upcoming novel, Roll Me Away. Would you believe they lied to me about the due date? Now they are saying the first to second week of September before it is out of editing, 
Then we'll see how long it takes to do the printing, which they told me was only about a week. It will also be available on ebook to download. Finally, I'd like to wish my late father, Neil, happy birthday. His 86th birthday was last Monday the 14th. Dad passed away seven years ago on Memorial Day. Miss you, Pop. This podcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chero at Court Street Ford, now in their 40th year servicing the Kankakee County area. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbon A and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. You can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups, which is what I drive. Court Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 or check out their website at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. In 2010, Yulia Tyshenko ran for Ukrainian president against Viktor Yanukovych, which Yanukovych won. In 2011, Tyshenko was sentenced to seven years in prison. The United States condemned the case as politically motivated. In 2003, Russian newspaper mogul Mikhail Khodorkovsky, who supported opposition to Russian President Vladimir Putin, was arrested and imprisoned for more than 10 years. Putin's actions led to the collapse of Khodorkovsky's businesses. U.S. officials accused Putin of abusing the legal system through selective prosecution. In 2007, Zimbabwean President Robert Mugabe arrested opposition leader Morgan Zvangiari for holding political protest. Zvangiari was beaten so badly he required blood transfusions. The U.S. strongly condemned the arrest and its harshness. During Donald Trump's run for president against Hillary Clinton, he made the empty threat to jail Clinton for past crimes. Yoni Applebaum, senior editor for the liberal rag, The Atlantic, broke the headline, Trump's promise to jail Clinton is a threat to American democracy. Consider past indignant reactions by the U.S. to these events in light of Trump's latest indictment by a Georgia grand jury on August the 14th. Thirteen new charges were leveled at Trump for alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. The charges include racketeering, conspiracy, false statements, and requesting a public official to violate an oath to office. The last charge is a knee slapper. When did it become illegal to ask questions? These additional charges bring the total number of charges to 91, all brought by Democrat district attorneys in large liberal cities. Fulton County, which is basically Atlanta, District Attorney Fannie Willis, the daughter of a Black Panther, is giving the defendants until August 25th to surrender. She made that statement Monday evening when announcing the charges, hours after the charges were leaked and up on the Internet. Taking two years to put the charges together, she intends to try the case in six months, more than likely, so she can be the first prosecutor to put a former president on trial. Last June, Trump was indicted on 40 felony counts related to the storage of classified documents at his Florida mansion by special counsel Jack Smith. Ironically, Hillary Clinton stored documents in her New York home, Joe Biden in his Delaware home, and Mike Pence in his Indiana home 
all without charges being brought against them. The suit against Trump even goes so far as to say the documents were stored haphazardly in a bathroom and shower. In today's system of justice in the U.S., that must be worse than Joe Biden's garage. Weeks later, Smith charged Trump with four counts for his alleged attempt to overturn the 2020 election, which led to the January 6th protest at the Capitol. These charges included conspiracy to obstruct Mike Pence from certifying the election of Joe Biden. Given what we know today about Biden, perhaps Pence should have listened to the president. Smith has his shorts in a wad because Trump claimed election fraud. I and several associates believe there was an election fraud too, Jack. You going to prosecute us? Then there are the charges leveled by George Soros' puppet, the corpulent Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, over alleged hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. I've come to believe Bragg is jealous Trump might have had relations with Daniels, so he decided to stick his nose where it didn't belong. Of all the charges, it is his that has the least chance of sticking. Trump is also being sued by New York Attorney General Letitia James, claiming the Trump family lied to the banks about their net worth and over-evaluated the hotels and golf courses. For that, James would like to find Trump a quarter of a billion dollars and a banishment from New York business. Recall when running for office, she stated, I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. What was illegitimate about Trump? And let's not forget author Jean Carroll, when she brought up charges against Trump for rape, which Trump was found not guilty. But since it's a New York jury where Trump has no chance of a fair trial, they slapped him with a $5 million fine for sexually abusing the author. Trump claims he doesn't even know her. In light of this constant barrage of attacks by liberal Democrat DAs and prosecutors against Trump, how are we any different than Ukraine, Russia, Zimbabwe, or, or a host of other banana republics? How is this not selective persecution? The only action that will bring this country back up from this liberal sewer is to resoundingly re-elect Donald Trump. By the way, on a recent Rachel Maddow program interviewing Hillary Clinton, the liberal gas bag and the old crone had a boisterous laugh over Trump's newest indictments. This is evidently funny to Democrats. That's all I got for you today, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. Check out my blog at www.weberswhippingpost.com. Thanks a million for listening. Bye now. Bye now.